Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. My God, good morning, good morning. How y'all doing this morning? He is a miracle worker. My God, he is a miracle walker. My God, he is faithful. My God, he is gracious. My God, he loves us so much. He's able to heal. Come on now. My God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My God, the great I am is on the scene. My God, my God, my God, my God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. My God. I promise you we believe in your power. That's J.J. Harrison and Miracle Worker. And I'm not in the studio this morning because I had to be at home and be a mom, uh, which I love being. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Keisha. It's your girl, LMJ. And that is J.J. Harrison featuring Rich Talbert. And that is Miracle Worker. And I believe in your power. I woke up with that song in my spirit this morning. I believe in my power, your power, Lord God. I believe you're a miracle worker. I believe you can work out any circumstance, any situation. It does not matter what it is. You're going to work all things for my good. I just got to stay in faith. I just got to trust you. I just got to keep on believing. I just can't credit or discount what you said and let the enemy get in my head and make me think you're not working or moving on my behalf. You just don't work like that. He is a yes guy. He is a God of promise. And I'm not saying yes to every situation, but I'm saying he can't promise you. It can't be in this word. He can't tell you, don't worry about the birds in the air. I, I know everything you stand in need of. And he not take care of you. He is a good, good father. He is not going to leave you. He is not going to forsake you. He is not going to leave you without the things that you need. And I'm just real serious when it comes to praise and worship. See, I've, I, I, I told somebody yesterday when we were having a conversation, I just been through too, too much. I just been through too much not to worship God. I just been through too much not to bless his name daily, hourly, minute. It just, I just been through too much. I didn't experience through too much. I done been overwhelmed. I done been consumed. Like I've just been through way too much to not bless God's name, to not enter into his gates of thanksgiving, to be rude, to not speak to him to not take the opportunities and chance that I need just to glorify him and just to magnify him. And I promise you, I'll do it wherever I go. I don't care who's looking. I don't care what someone else thinks. I don't care if somebody thinks it's too much. It doesn't matter. You haven't been in my head. You haven't been in my heart. You haven't been in my living quarters. You don't even know all that I've been through. I was thinking the other day, you guys only know part of my story. And I was thinking the other day and I was like, when I write this testimony, <laughs> When I write this testimony, when I tell this book, when I put all this into perspective, when you allow me to give them all of this and share the things with them so that they believe and understand and know that they overcome, Lord God, my God, I just, I, you, I, you'll understand why I act the way that I do. You'll understand why I obey him at all costs. You'll get it. And you'll say, my God, I get it now. I just, he deserves, he deserves 
the praise. He deserves the honor. It's been him when there's been no one else. When people have walked away, when people don't check on you, when people don't, man, it's been him and nobody else. Can nobody else get the glory out of my life other than God, other than Jesus, and other than the Holy Spirit? He will never leave you or forsake you. And I know that to be a witness. I can testify. I've been in some of the worst situations, I promise y'all. I've been in some things that don't even add up and don't make sense, but I've seen the hand of God faithfully, but I had to relinquish control. So if you're just logging in this morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in. We cancel the assignment of the enemy off the airways, off this devotional. We thank you, Father God, that your love is coming forth, that your peace is coming forth, that your joy is coming forth, Father God, that your word is coming forth this morning. We thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, Father God. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross. We thank you, Father God, that you sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, you're giving us the wisdom we need, the knowledge we need, the understanding we need. We thank you, Father God, for breathing on us. Lord God, just breathe on us this morning. We thank you for the very breath of God, Father God. We thank you that we were in your heart first, Father God, and then you breathe out our soul, Lord God, and then we were deposited into our mother's womb. We thank you for purpose. We thank you for clarity. We thank you for the call on our life. We thank you for the mission. We thank you for the love. We thank you for the peace. We thank you for the joy. We thank you for the fresh anointing that destroys the yokes of bondage, sickness, and disease. We cancel every assignment of the enemy off our life that's been making us feel worthless and purposeless and not our joy and not our happiness and not our peace and not our love. Father God, we cancel that assignment right now and we put it all under the blood and we thank you, Father God, that the blood still works, that the blood is in us and the blood is around us and the blood of Jesus is for us, my God. And if God be for us, who can be against us, Lord God? We cast off every mind battle right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God. We are becoming solid in your presence, solid in your word. Father God, built up in truth, Father God, and moving for your glory. We thank you. We are moving for your glory. We are moving for your glory. Supernaturally, supernatural increase, my God. God, I thank you. My God, I thank you. My God, I thank you. Father God, I thank you. 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 I thank you for the anointing that's on this ministry, the anointing that's on my life, the anointing that's manifesting. I thank you, Father God. I thank you. 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 I thank you, I bless you, I praise you, I magnify you, and I glorify you in all things, Father God. You are just so amazing. You are so powerful. My God, you give me strength, Father God. You give me wisdom. You give me knowledge. You give me understanding. And we just lay ourselves out before you, Lord God, and say thank you. We bless your holy name. We praise your holy name. We magnify you, Lord God. And we don't Take this for granted today, Father God. I thank you for a fresh anointing, one that destroys the yoke. Some of y'all need to sow a, a seed today, and I'm not going to tell you to swear to sow it, but some of y'all today need to take your time and just plant a seed 
for what you're believing God for. I'm going to sow one. I'm going to sow one. You need to just plant a seed today for what you believe in God for. $5, $2, $3. It doesn't matter. That's for your life. That's There's a harvest that's going to be produced off of that. I promise you it is. There's a harvest that's going to be produced off of that. I just heard for me to sow a seed. Plant a seed today. Plant a seed. Plant a seed today. My God, I thank you, Father God, according to your word. Get a seed in your hand and just believe and declare God for Luke 6 and 38 over your life. He said, giving it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake together. Runneth over, shall men give into your bosom. Plant a seed today. Get a seed in your hand and just declare that the windows of heaven are open over your life. Seeds multiply and reproduce in Jesus' name. I promise you. I promise you, they do, they do, they do. You need to plant a seed today. If you ain't got but a little bit, plant that anyway. I'm just telling you, God's going to do something significant for you. Let me give you a few things this morning. First of all, thank y'all for sharing the video um, that y'all, I mean, the uh, sharing the post. Um, my sister's got a shout out yesterday on the neighborhood, um, State Farm neighborhood. So thank you for doing that. Go on, continue to share. Cast your 10 votes today. It's making a difference and it's going to make a difference in the community. They're going to be able to service almost 12,000 women. Almost 12,000 women are going to be able to be serviced out of them getting this grant. And so a lot of times people think when we have, um, when we're, when we're in a situation or uh, we do ministry or we do nonprofits, people forget we need money, right? People forget we need money. So do me a favor and go ahead and plant share, plant those 10 votes. I keep hearing that in my spirit, plant a seed today. It just will not leave me. Make sure you plant a seed today. I I, I know when God, y'all know I'm not focused. Y'all know I don't care nothing about no money, but I keep hearing in my seed, plant a seed today. And don't think that a seed is, no seed is too little. So just plant a seed today. But there's, there's something God is going to do. I need to share this testimony. Uh, a friend of mine, has um, a friend of mine called me yesterday and she said, I need to share with you. Um, I need to share with you what happened. They didn't know that they were in a position to be qualified for a house. They, they didn't know they were in position to be qualified for a house and they had been renting for the last eight years and they were just believing God for some things. And their husband said, baby, we, we need to go on and apply. Um, they had kind of been looking for a house and in their mind, they had a particular amount for a house and all of these things, Lord God, uh, that they had been believing God for. And her husband went and filled out the application. He went ahead and, um, okay, Holy Spirit. He went ahead and um, filled out the application. They sent the application over to the people today. And as they sent the application over to um, the people yesterday, it was a quick turnaround. They got not a pre-qualified, they got a pre-approved notice. And she said, Lakeisha, I thought our income qualified us for a certain amount. That pre-approval notice qualified them for $450,000. And so her husband came and said to her, guess what? I need you to go ahead and find the house that you want with the pool. And then we're going to let God do what else he needs to do. I promise you. I promise you he is. So I'm just letting you know this morning we serve a miracle worker. We serve the God that is going to answer the desires of our heart. I keep getting I got that testimony yesterday. I've gotten testimonies that may seem small and significant. A mom 
mom forgot to give her child lunch, didn't even realize it, looked on his account, and there was a credit on his account. Come on now, $450,000, didn't think you would qualify, not pre-qualified, pre-approved, and she's believing God. She said, I'm just believing God he's going to pay this loan off quickly, but this was a desire in this heart, and they had done the work. She said, we had been working on our credit. We hadn't been spending frivolously. We had been sowing seed. She and I had gotten agreement with some things. We had been praying for each other and the prayers of the righteous availeth much. So do not think that God has forgotten you. Do not think that God isn't looking at you, that he doesn't see you and that he is not responsible for you. He is the God that is responsible for you. And I'm going to prove that to you in the word. Now I want to get in the word and I want to share a few things with you today. Let me bless that seed. I see some of y'all have sowed into the ministry. Whether you sow here or not, I'm going to bless your seed today. Father God, I thank you that the seed that they sow today is multiplied and increasing right now in Jesus' name. And the least in the kingdom, Father God, is a double return. I thank you that the double, double, that a tenfold return is on their life today for the seed that they sow. Bless their hands. Bless the work of their hands. I thank you for multiplication and increase upon them their life in Jesus name. Amen. All right. I had to release that. So I just believe God that it's going to multiply, increase something for you in Jesus name. Amen. Let's get back into life in the spirit. We've been talking about the call on our lives and we've been talking about how we've been called. And I told you we were going to go and study and talk about John the Baptist today, right? We need to talk about John the Baptist today. And I need to show you something in his life, how he was set in motion even before he was born. And I want to bring hope to you today. I want to bring hope to you today that he's going to multiply and increase you like never, ever, ever, ever before into your favor, into your glory, into the position, into who and what he's called you to be. And a lot of times we get hopeless or we think we don't have purpose or we waiting on some big glory moment or we waiting on God to do something big and crazy. Can I tell you something? Even if you leave five people to the Lord and those five people that you lead to the Lord are the five people that the Lord told you to lead to the Lord, it's going to make a difference. Everything isn't about a big ta-da moment with Christ. It's about you getting in purpose. It's about you being Focus on what God called you to be. And so we've been talking about living life by the Spirit. I don't know what that's going to do for somebody, but it's going to do something. My God. We've been talking about living life by the Spirit. We've been talking about living life by the Spirit and the call on your life. And I told you yesterday, you're going to have to get rid of some people in order for you to walk into this thing. And today, I want you to believe in yourself today, but not so much believe in yourself, believe in the Christ. And I hope that after I share this little bit with you about um, John, that it encourages you and that you be full with the filled with the spirit of the Lord. And you say to yourself, you know what? I have purpose too. I have purpose just as John had purpose that you go over to Luke, Jeremiah one and five, and you take that for yourself, my God. And you go over into Psalms and you say, God knew me from the beginning. He knew me in my mother's womb. He purposed me for his glory. He predestined me already, right? I want you to get that in position. I want, I want you to get that in position and get that in your head. When I was praying this morning, the Lord just kept saying, I need you to give them hope. I need you to understand that I purpose them. I need you to understand that I have not forgotten about them. I need you to, I need them to understand they were created 
from something uh, greater than themselves or for something greater than themselves, but they don't determine what that something looks like. They're not the people that determine what that something looks like. I'm the person that determines what that something looks like. So let's let's get into um, this story about John the Baptist. I want to read this to you about his birth encounter and when he encounters Jesus. And I want you to take note of some things in here and mark it off for yourself. It says, many people have set out to write accounts. I love Luke because we know that Luke is the physician. Um, Luke, Luke wrote, most likely wrote, wrote Acts. And this chapter of Luke, Luke typically writes in a very scholarly script, but in the first chapter of Luke, he's writing real plain. He's writing in such a manner so that the average person that was not scholarly could get this. Luke is trying to get us to understand something in the script. And so he's giving the foretelling of John the Baptist. And there was some significant things that was coming out of this when I was meeting and studying this, right? So he says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled filled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus. And we can probably, I'm pretty much sure based on what I've been studying that Theophilus is probably a government Roman official looking for some account of Jesus Christ. I told you it's important for you to know the history. It's important for you to know what's going on around. It's important for you to know the context and how this is wrote. He was king of Judea. He was a priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey. What do we What do we get this week? Careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As what the custom of the priests, come on, Holy Spirit, he was chosen by the lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. Now, I need you to pause. Here is why this is so significant. I need you to underline that. I need you to scribble that. Here's, here is the thing that I need you to take note of. There were about 20,000 priests. And so it was significant for him to even make it in the temple. And it was an honor. So if a priest was chosen or lots was casted, because there were three things you had to do. There was someone that had to cleanse the temple. There was someone that had to break down the temple. And then there was the priest that went... God, there was the priest that went into the temple to burn the incense. It was about 20,000 priests that day. So the fact that it fell upon Zacharias is significant enough. The fact that it fell upon him is significant enough. The fact that he was chosen to go into the temple at this moment, at this period, at this time was significant enough. You got to see this in your own life. You got to see this in your own life. You got to realize that in your own life, the encounters, the moments, the divine appointments, the assignments, when you ran across the devotional, when you came into certain places, it's significant. Those moments are not not significant. You're not not significant. So I love this. It says, but Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by a lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn the incense. 
While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. This was the custom. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer, your wife, Elizabeth. Can I tell you something? I'm pretty sure if he had his time in the temple, I don't know that even if, if at this point, if he was even still praying for a son. He, he, they probably, they were in their old age. They probably had given up. I'm just going to throw this. I'm just going to infer a little bit. I'm not saying that's what was written. I'm just going to infer. But I'm probably telling you at this point, their faith probably could have been a little bit weak. Doesn't mean they weren't obedient. Doesn't mean they weren't pressing for it. But I'm pretty sure they probably thought the impossible was impossible. But you got to take new, new, no, note here that they were in a barren place. And I want you to notice that when we have significantly looked at each encounter with Jesus Christ, there has always been a place where somebody has been in a destitute place, a barren place, an overwhelming place, a consuming place. When he hits the scene, there has to be something significant. My God, my God, about the pressure spots. There has to be something significant about the barren spots. There has to be some significant about the places when we can't meet the need ourselves. Come on, Holy Ghost. There must be something significant about these moments in which our power, our authority, our resources run out and Jesus hits the scene. But it's also got to be something about faithful and obedience. It's also got to be something about faithful obedience. He marks here that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous in God's eyes, not our own eyes, righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. But they had no children. They were barren. So he said, but the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice in his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I am, I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me, my God, to bring you this good news. But now you did what I, you were silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time, at the proper time. There are three significant things that you need to pay attention to this and that comes out of this. Your obedience and your willingness to obey is going to unlock, come on now, it's going to unlock something with God. It's going to unlock something with God. And I know it's been difficult for some of you and you thought your faithfulness wasn't paying off. Your faithfulness is going to pay off. Your faithfulness is going to manifest. There's a residue. There's a fragrance, there's a scent, there's something that significantly comes out when we obey and yield and hear and worship God in spirit and truth. Now let's go back to what we've been studying in 
life and living a life by spirit, there's something significant that happens there. So we were reading Romans 8 and 26, and I told you the Holy Spirit deals with the things that we don't know, the perplexed things of God. See, we don't know a lot of times why we're in turmoil or why things occur, or why people die or why we lose our job or why certain happens. But the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8, 26, comes in place to make intercession. He comes to aid us. He comes by praying. He prays and deals with our weaknesses and infirmities. And Zechariah was in this temple praying for the people. And the Holy Spirit, we know, was on the scene. The Holy Spirit, we know, was on the scene. He was on the scene. He was there from the very beginning. It just denotes this in Genesis. So we know that in the temple, the Holy Spirit was there because the angel of the Lord shows. And, and what has not even been uttered probably, it probably hasn't even been uttered by Zechariah, is answered. It's answered. What has not even been uttered. So his obedience and his faithfulness unlocked something with God. So don't you give up. Don't think your faithfulness is in vain. It unlocks something with God. Two, I, the second thing that I noticed when I was studying this is Jesus always shows up in a barren place. My God, Jesus always shows up in a barren place. Jesus always shows up when it looks like it's not working. Jesus always shows up when it's overwhelming, when it's consuming, when it looks like it's not going to happen. Jesus tends to always hit the scene, which goes back. My God does not leave us, nor does he forsake us. Nor does he forsake us. He does not leave us, nor does he forsake us. He doesn't leave us. That's the second thing that I noted. And then the promises of God are yes and amen. I love this. When it starts talking about John, it says he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is evidence how important for us to fulfill, come on, Lord, the all oh, come on, Holy Spirit, for us to fulfill the call on our life, we're going to have to be tapped into Jesus. We're going to have to be connected to Jesus. We're going to have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in order for us to fulfill purpose on this earth. You're not going to be able to fulfill purpose on the earth. Now, let me read this next part. This is what I love. It says, um, it says, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. Every time I read this, my eyes get overwhelmed with tears at the goodness of God. She says, how kind the Lord is she is going. He has taken away my disgrace because it was disgraceful in that time to not have children. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. And then in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favorite woman the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor. My, I'm telling you, favor is going to do with you, do for you what you can't do for yourself. You, you thought it was in you and your talents and your gifts and your brown eyes and different things. No, favor is going to do what you can't do 
for yourself. Favor is going to do. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will be on the throne of his reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The impossible. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit. There's something significant about the Holy Spirit for us to be able to fulfill what we're supposed to fulfill. You're, you've been struggling, trying to figure out how this was going to manifest. And the only way that this is going to manifest of what you need to see happen next in your life is through your obedience and the Holy Spirit. It's through, it's through your obedience and the Holy Spirit. It's not through anything else. You, you've been struggling for too long. You've been working too hard. You've been putting yourself into too many places and too many positions and trying to do too much on your own. And it's going to happen through your obedience and the Holy Spirit. It says the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, my God, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. He says, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What more your relative Elizabeth has come become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. And now in her sixth month, people used to say, come on now. People used to say, God never said she was barren. People used to say, God never said you weren't important. Come on now. God never said you weren't, you didn't mean something. God never called you ugly. God never said you didn't have purpose. People said those things about you. And for some reason, you allowed people to people's word to mean more or your own voices to mean more to you than the word of God. And that is not your truth. He says there, he says, no. He said, people said she was barren. How many of us have received the report of people other than receiving the report of the Lord? How many of us have received the report of people before we received the report of the Lord? Come on now. He said, people used to say Elizabeth was barren. But she conceived a son, and now is in her sixth month, for nothing's impossible, impossible with God. And I want you to know there's something significant in here, and I believe, this is what I believe by the Holy Spirit. It said Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. Elizabeth had to be in seclusion with the thing that she had to give birth to. I can preach on that within itself. She had to go in seclusion for the thing she had to give birth to because people probably wouldn't understand. She didn't need people to be involved in this situation. She needed her faith high. She didn't need to think she was going to have a miscarriage. She didn't need to think her purpose was going to come forth. That's why I'm telling you, you got to be attached to the right feet. So he comes back and says, for nothing is impossible. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. My God, there's another act of obedience. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to mary god has blessed you my god she didn't announce this she didn't say this 
She didn't position. She didn't walk in. I'm carrying Jesus. It says, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored with the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb, my God, jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would be would, would do what he said. She was blessed, my God, because the Lord would do what he said you are blessed because the lord will do what he said you're not forgotten about you just been trying to receive this in your natural man you just been trying to get this in your natural presence you've been trying to receive what god has said for you in your natural man and because it looks like it hasn't manifested yet and because it looks like it's not working and because the people have been lying about you and to you and on you and talking about you and discounting you and discrediting you and telling you your ministry ain't gonna work and telling you it ain't gonna manifest and telling you the the dream that you had inside of you for entrepreneurship don't make sense and don't add up and because your mama them lied on you when you were little and your daddy left you and abandoned you and people walked out on you you believe the report of the people instead of the report of the lord but i'm telling you today you need to make a decision and still believe your obedience is going to produce your obedience and the Holy Spirit is going to reproduce a result for you. It's going to produce exactly what God said. It was this your testimony. This the testament. Elizabeth and Mary hit the scene. Elizabeth's baby was jump joy when Jesus there is something about when Jesus is on the scene. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how destitute it looks. I don't care how overwhelming it looks. I don't care how forgotten. I'm just telling you, it is something that happens significantly with Jesus on the scene, but it's through your obedience and you're willing to obey and to be found righteous in God's sight. It's a sacrifice to obedience. I get it. It's lonely sometimes. I get it. It's overwhelming sometimes. I get it. But your, obe your obedience and the Holy Spirit is going to produce something for you. There is purpose in you. There is purpose in you. And when Jesus hits the scene, it comes alive. When Jesus hits the scene, it affirms your value. When Jesus hits the scene, there's an overturn of the report of the enemy. There's an overturn of the report of what the people said. When Jesus hits the scene, that's why you can't do anything without Jesus. You need Jesus. You need to understand that what you've been trying to do and struggle with on your own has just not manifest because you've been trying to multiply and increase without Jesus. You haven't been living kingdom. You ain't even lived your best life yet. You ain't even lived your best life yet. The anointing will destroy every, the anointing of Christ will destroy every yoke, every burden, everything that was stacked, stacked up on your shoulder. He said, it says the governments are on his shoulder. The governments are on his shoulder. He's going to produce exactly what he needs to produce for you in the exact timing. You just got to be careful to obey. You just got to be careful to obey. You just got to make sure the Holy Spirit is operating and leaving, leading you so that you can walk into the fullness. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there's a way that appears to be right to the man, but it leads into death. And so I just want to admonish you to open yourself up to invite the Holy Spirit in. And if you know you've been living outside of God's will for your life, will you do me a favor? Go on and repent. Don't be no soldier. Don't be no G. Don't position yourself. Don't think you don't need to repent. Don't evaluate yourself. Evaluation of yourself is very dangerous. Don't evaluate yourself. Lay yourself open before God. 
Spend your some, some time in him. I told y'all, stop rushing from the table. Stop eating a whole lot of stuff. My aunt talked about that last night on Bible study. People sitting at too many tables, eating too many things, not allowing the Holy Spirit to work things out of them when God has already given them a word to stand on. You don't need another prophecy. We'll we, we, we run looking for prophecy sometimes. You don't need another prophecy. You need to stand on on the word of God. You need to hear what the spirit is telling you. You got to learn to be fine-tuned and led by the spirit so that you can receive these things from the spirit and not go back to our springboard scripture when we started this. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. This will not be able to be discerned from your flesh. Father, I hope you are pleased today. I hope you are pleased today. Father, I hope you are pleased with my teachings today. I hope I taught exactly what you wanted me to teach to your people, Father God. You know, this Romans 8.26 is important in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit is waiting to help you. We do not know what we ought to pray for. The, the Holy Spirit will help you in your weaknesses, help you with your infirmities. And all you got to do, my God, all you got to do is repent and reset. All you got to do is repent and reset. Get on your face before him. Get on your face before him. My God, get on your face before him. Put your trust in God and not man. Let Jesus enter the scene. Let him come into your business. Let him come into your home. Let him come into your marriage. Let him come into your situation. Make a decision today. You know what? I'm not going to do this anymore in my own strength. I'm not going to trust myself. I'm not going to trust what other people are saying. I'm not going to trust the times of the sign. I'm not going to trust anything else. I'm only going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm only going to I'm only going to walk into this. You need to know what God has said about you and not what other people. God only talks in good things, right? We were learning last night about what prophecy should look like, how it should build up. When people, it should exhort, it should uplift, it should propel you into your future. Some of y'all just need to cry out for mercy and tell Jesus, I need you. I need you to, re come on now. I need you to reset and restore me to my original factory, how I was originally designed by God. I need you to give me clarity and vision of who you say I am. Wash out every negative thought, my God. I got to get out of here. Wash out every negative thought, every negative perception. Pluck up every root. Pluck up every seed, my God. Pluck it up out of me so that I only believe and trust what you said. I need you, Jesus, more than I have ever needed you before. More than I've ever needed you before. I'm calling on you. I'm tired. I've done on this on my own. I need to obey you. I've done this my own way and I'm tired. I need you, Jesus. I need you. That baby left. There's something about it when you really come in contact with Jesus that he will restore you and he will make you knew. I get out of here. The Holy Spirit is telling me to get out of here. We got to get out of here. I love y'all. I love you so much. You don't, you don't need, God loves you. You don't believe nothing but the report of the Lord. You don't believe what people say about you. If you've been believing what people say about you, go on and reset your mindset. You don't believe anything but what the Lord says. The Lord is not going to talk about you. Even when the Lord has to deal with you on things, he is not going to condemn you.
He's going to talk to you. He's going to build you up. He's going to tell you how much he loves you. He's going to explain to you. He's going to, he's going to nurture you. And I'm not saying he's not going to cut away your dead places, right? But the Holy Spirit will begin to awaken something in you that will make you desire desire to do the right things desire but you got to be filled with the holy spirit there should be baptism of the holy spirit so if you have not invited holy the holy spirit in you have to invite him in he doesn't force his way in so i just want to encourage you father god right now we invite the holy spirit in we repent of living any parts of our lives outside of you and we give you permission to search our search our heart holy spirit come into our lives Fill us up, fill our cups, fill our dry places. Lord God, make us new today, Father God. We repent for any sin we've had, any life that we've lived that's not outside of Christ, my God. And we thank you for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you are helping us in our weaknesses and dealing with our infirmities. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. <laughs> I love you so much. I promise you, your struggles, your hard places, your barren places, they are just a place when Jesus can hit the scene. I promise you. I promise you. They are just a place for Jesus to come and wet you up. It is not over for you. It is not too late for you to fulfill your purpose, for you to answer the call in your life. That's why I labeled today's devotional. I still, I am almost 40 six years old and I walked into full-time ministry two and a half years ago. I was a professor for years. I was a 10-year college student. I am almost 46 years old. My oldest son will be 27 years old. I was a mother. I was a wife. I was a caregiver. I was a widow. I had all of these titles of things that came into my life. I walked into full-time ministry two and a half years ago. If it's not too late for me, it's not too late for you. It's not. Your story ain't over. The devil been lying to you. Yo, your story ain't over. I'm, I, yo, I'm just now living. Come on now. I'm just now living my best life. I'm just now living my best life. But it's come because of my faithfulness. It's come because of my obedience. It's come because I recognized I needed Jesus more than I needed everything. And I ain't did it perfectly. But I know to stay in his face. I'm just telling you. I tried all that. I lived according to the world. I lived in all those spaces. I tried to let other things satisfy me other than Jesus. And it wasn't until I came to the conclusion that Jesus had to be first, that God had to take over my life, that I begin to feel fulfilled and I begin to feel his love. There's a process for you, but more so you need to understand that there is a purpose for you. I'll see y'all back here in the morning at 5 a.m. I love y'all so much. Don't forget, cast your 10 votes today for Drew Projects. Do that for me. Don't forget Friday, your girl will be hosting TD2, Tori Delaney, Todd Delaney, Second Baptist Church. $25 gets you a ticket into the comedy show and gets you a ticket into the concert. So if you need just a Holy Ghost time, Jenny Love and I will be on the scene um, and come be a part of it. I love y'all so, so, so much. But more than anything, God loves you. I'll see you back here in the morning. I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Invite somebody in. Make sure you share the devotional. And my God, God bless the seed. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you. May he smile upon you. May it be rich. May it be without sorrow. May he fill up your dry cup. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. 
Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.